Fundraising everywhere. 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 Hey, welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast, your one-stop shop for fundraising tips, tricks and support. Now, we're all familiar with the frustration of siloed working, but how do you go about breaking those silos down? Catherine Holloway of Friends of the Earth has worked a lot on this over the last few years. And in this episode of the Fundraising Everywhere podcast, she's going to give you her top tips for breaking down silos to help you create a more integrated organisation, more effective working and a more fulfilling experience for you and your colleagues. Now, Catherine spoke about this topic at last year's Charity Leadership Festival, our inaugural year, and after popular demand, we're back this year. So um, if you want to hear more content like this, uh, head to our website and check out this year's Charity Leadership Conference. Catherine started her NGO career in 2005, doing supporter care and donation processing at a small animal rights organisation. She then became responsible for all supporter care, database management and direct marketing activity. In 2010, she joined Friends of the Earth, progressing from IG officer to heading up the IG and supporter care teams. Catherine is now Director of Income Generation responsible for leading efforts to maximise income through inspiring and engaging fundraising and a fantastic supporter experience. Catherine, over to you. Hi everyone, my name's Catherine Holloway and I'm the Director of Income Generation at Friends of the Earth, England, Wales and Northern Ireland. Thanks so much for tuning into my session today. I'm going to talk to you about some of my top tips for breaking down silos. We're all familiar with the frustration of siloed working, but it can be difficult to know how to tackle them. At Friends of the Earth, we've worked on this quite a lot in the last few years, and I'm hoping that my experience shared with you today and some of my top tips can help you to create a more integrated organization, more impactful and effective working, and a more fulfilling experience for you and for your colleagues. So I'll give you my five top tips and I'll give you a few examples of where we've seen this working and what we've learned from what we've tried at Friends of the Earth um, over the last few years. So number one is be curious. Everyone is very used to their own area of the organization. And particularly if you've been in your organization for quite a long time, like I have been, I've been at Friends of the Earth for 12 years now, it can be easy to get stuck in your bubble. So you really need to be curious, have an open mind, and think about what uh, what are the areas that you need to fill in for yourself? What are your knowledge gaps about the organization? How are you going to fill them? What are the areas that you've never quite understood how they work or what that role does? Where do the tensions arise when you're working together? What are the common issues that just keep on coming up time after time on projects? What are the differences and divergences between your team and other teams or your approaches to working? But also, what are the overlaps and the existing alignments? What's working well already that you can build on? And the key skill here is really about listening to understand the other areas of the organisation. 
what are their priorities and challenges and long-term goals. Doing this genuine listening to understand, not just to respond, will help to build the connections and trust with your peers, which you need for honest and effective communication. And that leads us on to tip number two, which is to build connections. So once you've got a sense of where the knowledge gaps are, the bit of the organization that you just haven't really ever spent much time with, or you're not quite sure how one team differs from another, you need to get out and start speaking to those colleagues. You need to establish some new horizontal connections around your organization. If you're currently mainly working and speaking to people in a vertical um, in a vertical way, people that are mainly your own team members that you're working with in the day to day. So these are this is your peer group. You might have some of these connections already, but it might just be the most natural areas that you work closely with. So in fundraising, we may already work closely and have connections with our peers in a marketing team or a comms team. But what about the campaign team and the activism team? What about the tech teams? You need to use these connections to work out a shared understanding of how it all fits together. What are your respective pieces of the organizational puzzle? What you can do as a leader is to be a bridge between your respective teams. So you want to link people up. You want to share information with your own team that you found out about another area of the organization. You can introduce people. Oh, I just know just the person that you need to speak to about that project. I had a really good conversation with them the other day. I'll, I'll hook you up. Make sure that you're not just being a blocker um, and holding all of that information yourself, but, but spread it around and, and encourage other people to, to form these connections as well. You want to encourage your team to establish their own direct connections so that you're building those direct relationships at every level of the organization because that's going to be vital to working collaboratively. So in my previous role at Friends of the Earth, which was head of individual giving, a few of us in some key head roles, marketing, campaigns and activism, as well as individual giving, had a monthly catch up to build understanding, fill in the gaps and align areas of our work and to overall be more effective collectively. And as a result, we also built a really strong relationship and trust, and that really helped us to support each other, whether it was professionally or personally as well. Next tip is to focus on the shared vision. So you want to start off by acknowledging that you're all at the same organization to achieve the same ultimate mission together. You've got this bit that unites you all, regardless of your area of specialism or your approach or tasks in the day-to-day. And if you don't already have a shared vision, then co-create it, own it, and champion it throughout your work. Values and a common goal have brought you to the same organisation, even if you've got different motivations, different experience and backgrounds, and different approaches in the day-to-day. So make sure you take it back to the common ground, that unifying vision and mission, what you're all here to achieve at the end of the day. If you don't already have this suggestion, then then here's one for you to make a note of. If you don't already have your objectives, your organizational objectives and key results in one document, that's a really good way to unite the different areas of work across the organization. It helps to show the connections and dependencies because no one team is responsible for delivering on an organizational objective or project. 
we've been doing this for a few years at Friends of the Earth. And whilst there's definitely still more to do, it's helped us to improve that cross-organizational understanding, the integration of different projects and teams, and better collaboration on these objectives. And it helps to identify the common themes across different areas of work. So the next tip, uh, tip number four, is to stop competing, also known as drop the ego. You can't collaborate with someone if you're trying to compete with them. So remembering that you're all on the same side, working towards that shared vision, and remember that you need everyone pulling in the same direction to make that happen. Really proactively and consciously cross the bridge every day. Celebrate each other's successes. Thank other teams for their efforts. Acknowledge their crucial role in a project that your team may well have been running and managing. Welcome new team members from across the organization and take the time to get to know them, what they're here to do and what are the connections with your team. Show the organization that you and your peers, other leaders in the organization are on the same side, are working together and understand each other's areas. Don't allow for that division. Don't allow for that separation and that inward focus and um, inward looking and working. Because leadership isn't only about focusing on your only area of specialism. And this is one of the shifts that we all have to make as we move into more senior leadership roles. Good leadership requires us to collectively understand the organization in order to collectively lead it. And you may well believe that fundraising is the best team because of course that's the team you're in, but you need to be genuinely interested in the other teams in order to effectively collaborate with them. And you can't do everything yourself anyway, as much as you may try. So one way that we've seen has really helped um, with this at actually at all levels of the organization is uh, we use Slack as an internal um, digital comms platform and we have the virtual donut app um, within that, which matches up colleagues on a fortnightly basis to have a 15 minute non-work chat and it's just a randomized pairing. And that's been particularly good during the pandemic. So it's a good way of taking some time out from your daily tasks and to chat with someone that you may not have the chance to chat to in your day-to-day because your roles just might not cross over so much. And there's different ways you can do that. It doesn't have to be through one of those sorts of um, tech solutions. Um, It's something I'm sure you could do with a spreadsheet or just encourage people just to sort of randomly select a colleague and and put a chat in. And it's a way of recreating the sort of um, incidental conversations that you may well have had if you were working physically in the same office together as you were waiting for the kettle to boil or, um, you know, making your lunch, um, making your sandwiches or whatever. So particularly if you're still remotely working or primarily remotely working, um, it's really important to, um, to, to build those connections throughout the organization, but to, sometimes you do have to put more, a bit more effort into linking up with uh, the unusual suspects rather than just the ones that you see every day. So I, you know, as much as I love my, my fellow senior leadership team colleagues, Um, during the pandemic, I did get quite bored of seeing their faces every day on so many Teams calls, and it's really good to just get out and um, speak to some people around the organization. And you do end up just learning more about their area that you may well not have have, um, learned otherwise. And the final tip is to evolve. You've got to start somewhere, however small, 
Um, but you really, I'd really encourage you to try out different approaches. You know, some, some of the examples that I'm giving may well be relevant to your size of organization or type of organization or your particular role, but it may well be a, a different version of that. A slightly tweaked approach might work, might work better, but wherever you start, I'd encourage you just to make a start and to try out different approaches. Don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. It's very easy for us. You know, we're all creatures of habit. We all like our rituals um, and we're all very comfortable with the knowledge that we already have, the ways of working that we're familiar with and the people that we're used to working with. So really do try and get out of that comfort zone, consciously acknowledge that and stretch yourself and try and take that test and learn approach that we all know is valuable to, to all aspects of our work. Be really honest about what works and what doesn't and use these learnings to keep on improving with the next the next thing you're going to try out. And I'd also say, don't be afraid to make changes as you head into new phases as well. So this really is crucial in this evolution with this evolution approach. You may need some extra check-ins with a particular colleague at the early stages of breaking down your silos, but that doesn't mean that they need to stay in your calendar forever. So don't be afraid to shake things up and to change things around as and when you identify a different need or you feel like that problem doesn't exist anymore. Speak to other organizations as well about what's working and not working for them to get ideas of different things to try and uh, maybe to help them as well with something that's worked really well for you. And also to get some reassurance that on the whole, it's not just your own organization that's struggling with this. This is a very common challenge and we may well all be at different stages of how we're tackling it, um, but we can always learn from each other. It's also really important to acknowledge where you've come from. So whilst there's always more work to do, it's important to take stock of what you've already achieved and really use that to propel you forward to the next goal. And this is one of the benefits of being in an organization for a little bit longer. And you have to strike the balance with this. So it doesn't seem like you're just constantly looking back into the archives and um, wanting to, to drag out lots of old memories for people. But it's definitely, I found it really beneficial because I've been at Friends of the Earth for 12 years um, in different roles in the, the fundraising area to be able to say, well, actually, yeah, we this is still a problem, but... I know that compared to five years ago or compared to eight years ago, we've come a really long way and we've made this progress. And this was a key thing that really helped um, so that people can see that you're all on this ongoing journey and evolution, even if they've just joined in the last few months and you've been on that journey for a bit longer. So share that with your colleagues as well, because it really helps to motivate people to see that it's part of a longer journey um, and, and keeps you moving forward together. So I hope that this has been useful for you. Please do get in touch with me with any thoughts and experiences that you have, because I'd really love to be learning from you as well. And I'd encourage you to have a think about what your starting action will be on this based on where you're at at the moment. What are the things that came to mind um, as you were listening to, to this talk? What are the ideas that came to mind that you could start out with? What, Who's the colleague or the, the team that you could reach out to and suggest a, a coffee chat? And um, what are the questions that that you 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 know you have in your head, but you haven't actually said out loud to those colleagues to really understand 
what they're here to achieve and and how you could work better together and really be honest with yourself about what you can do differently as well and what your team and how you can encourage your team to to do things differently and then have that starting action and crack on with it um, and see how it goes but yeah good luck and uh, thanks so much for listening to my session and enjoy the rest of the summit Thank you so much for listening to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, why not share it with a fundraising friend? And if you would like to give us a little like or subscribe, it really helps more fundraisers like you find us. Thank you so much. See you next time.